Hello and welcome back to the show, internet friends. My name is Reed Daly. This is the Daily Blend Show, and this segment is called the Weekly Rundown. So if you're new around here, this is where I feature stories I thought were interesting and notable across business and technology. I guess we could have called it the Intersect uh, instead of the Weekly Rundown, but it is what it is. Um If you're noticing that I'm sounding a little more upbeat on this particular episode as opposed to the last episodes, there's no difference. I'm just, I typically record this um, down in the morning and I'm recording this in the evening. I also have a little bit of the new Terramana tequila. So, hmm, this might be good. All right, enough about me, my love of all things tequila and particularly Terramana tequila, which is the Rocks tequila. Um, if you like Casamigos, for 10 bucks less, you get this. Tastes pretty much the same. So hats off to the Rock, but we're not here to talk about tequila. We're here to talk about business and technology. So we've got a bunch of stories uh, lined up. Uh, first, we're going to talk about Amazon further um, penetrates the retail space Um getting paid on social, headsets are coming everywhere, you know, it's player uh, player one kind of attitude, um, planning your 2022, even though we're already about a month into it, and then um, some really fun things that are happening with board games. So the first story is really talking about Amazon jumping into the physical store location game. And so for a number of years, Amazon's tried to get into the fashion space. I thought, you know, when Trunk Club came out, Amazon was going to gobble them up just because it was like personalized shopping. And I thought there was probably an algorithm that could do this. And I've sort of talked about that on this show before. Um, What's interesting here is obviously we know everything about Amazon in terms of their warehouse management, supply chain logistics their Go stores, which is basically like a 7-Eleven that you walk in with a QR code on your phone, you grab stuff and go. It's like creepily cool. Um, This, just from like the pictures and the descriptions, is going to be like a buy online, uh, or sorry, buy um, in-store and leave with product or buy in-store and have it shipped to your home. The power is you're, you're using your like app so the video kind of showed a person walking around the store. They, they hit the QR codes of all the products, and then they go into a dressing room. The dressing room has their name on the wall and then all the garments in the sizes they want. And then they're done drying them on, and they say what they like, they didn't, and it's all packaged up and ready to go. I remember doing a retail digital transformation project uh, 10 years ago, let's say, and the biggest challenge was like buy online, pick up in store and tracking foot traffic. And this just blows it out of the water. So I think I love fashion and I love clothes, but I also recognize a lot of the clothes are becoming commoditized, especially for men, right? There's like certain brands, but at the core, it's like pants and vests and jackets and pullovers. And it's like, pick your flavor. Are you West Coast? Are you an East Coast? Are you down South? And then just find your flavors, your colors, and just, you know, shop kind of like 
your core versus your non-core. So for men, it's a little easier, but for women, this is a really cool experience. Well, let's be honest, it's a cool experience for both. Um, I would love to go try this um, on and, and kind of try this out, I guess, and just see how it works. But, um, you know, if I'm looking at all the malls that are going out of business around the, you know, the country, uh, Amazon's going to likely pick up some of the physical space from some of these departing retail stores and, um, you know, basically change the game is what I think is going to happen. It'll be interesting to see if the consumer can identify with Amazon as, you know, someone that, you know, provides fashion advice or where they want to shop for like high-end clothing. All right. The next is talking about TikTok is testing paid subscription for some influencers. So Instagram introduced paid subscriptions for Facebook pages a couple years ago and is now testing rolling them out for Instagram too. This brings new ways to monetize it for some of the most followed users and potentially can create content or even badges for paying subscribers and reduces the need for other platforms like Patreon. It also potentially strengthens some creator ties to the platform at a time when TikTok is also reportedly testing similar moves. So this is like one part TikTok, one part Instagram. So really, let's let's cut to what's happening. So TikTok launched a fund for $200 million to support creatives getting supplemental investment to create rich content. And so when you think about it, like in terms of like what a Hollywood movie costs to make, or just cost to advertise, right? I think these like big Marvel movies come in right around $100 million from just the advertising budget. And you've got a global platform in TikTok and a global platform in YouTube who's also kind of doing a similar tactic. Um, And they're giving $200 million for creatives, which is a ton of money for these folks. And most of the folks on like TikTok, and I'm also kind of commingling this with YouTube because they're doing the same tactics, keep a light team. It's like one person or a couple people. So they don't have a lot of overhead. And so $200 million goes a long way for creatives. You know, if you go and look at, let's say your top um, 1,000 or even 10,000 users, you know, can you give them, you know, $5,000, $10,000 extra a year to create content? And where would that go, right? That would go for, you know, maybe a support staff, maybe better tech, maybe, you know, more throughput through, augmenting, you know, your like non-primary responsibilities, like creating the content. So um, it's it's very like smart for these platforms to try to give dollars to creatives to not only like fuel more content coming on their plat- platform, but to keep the creatives like engaged and liking and identifying that they are a TikToker, that they are a YouTuber. Um, as someone who is on the backside or the front side of millennials. I don't know how you think of that. Uh, I am not on TikTok. So tell me why I need to get on TikTok instead of Instagram. I spend enough time on Instagram. I don't think I need to introduce TikTok, but if someone can tell me, I'll give it a go. So I put the title of our third story of we all live in a headset world. And this one is talking about how Google is reportedly planning a new AR set. So there's virtual reality where you're in a metaverse and there's augmented reality, which just means you have glasses on or some sort of peripheral. You're walking or experiencing the real world. And if you could see me doing air quotes and giving funny faces, 
um, you'd laugh. And you're seeing things like if you said, hey, Google, help me find a gas station or I need coffee or where's the local Starbucks? And it would navigate you there. And you saw like them try to produce this 10 years ago or I guess eight years ago with Google Glass. It had mixed realities, realities, mixed reviews. Um, And now you're seeing Google talking about this. There's rumors that Apple is jumping into this. I'm sure there's some rumors that Microsoft and Facebook are also going to be jumping into this. And I just think it's going to be kind of cool, quite frankly. It's like I'm walking down the street and instead of looking at my phone, I can see things coming or get directions or like when I'm talking to a person, maybe like their profile pops up of like their name, their kids' names, their interest, almost like a micro CRM. So as someone who's like a super techie who also has a pretty bad memory, I love the idea of AR sets and I'm you know, looking forward to seeing what everyone comes out with. You would assume Google is going to be more open platform and search, whereas Apple is going to be more about your personal information. But um, yeah, it was an interesting article that The the Verge put out, and uh, it'll be cool to see what comes out. So the next story is talking about Facebook at work or workplace, um, which is Facebook's, or sorry, Meta, I'm just crushing names here. Um, answer to, I guess you would call it Teams, Work Viva or we Work Vivo, which we've covered on this show uh, before. But the report was that a private equity group wanted to carve out this basically billion dollar um, idea from Facebook to have a you know Facebook experience for the corporate world. And it's you know when I think of it, competes directly with what Teams is doing, SharePoint, Yammer, all these other products are doing. But what's interesting is is like. I'm guessing if, if I had a crystal ball of priorities and funding, the metaverse and meta, you know, like living in the meta world of, of Facebook is, is probably really important. But if you think a couple years down the road, right, you've got almost like a player one situation for work where people don't just log into a computer. They put on a headset and they interact with their colleagues And just the way that the world is going, I would imagine you kind of like pick your avatar or all the avatars kind of look the same and you interact that way. So like you could definitely see that give kind of the the metaverse a few years in the um, non-commercial space, right, in the consumer space, and then bring it into the commercial space. And it's pretty powerful. Um, So, you know, I could see them carving it out, right, and gives them a billion dollars of dollars. Um, but, uh, you know, I also could see them just holding on to this and slowly investing. Um, I've never used this solution when it did come out. I was very excited and I had wished a company I work with or that I had exposure to would have used it. And obviously they've got, you know, a nice, uh, valuation. So it will be interesting to see how they grow and how they try to challenge Microsoft and others, uh, even, I guess you could argue, Slack at, at Salesforce uh, in this space. Shazamming your thoughts. Did you ever think you would hear that out of my mouth or anyone else's? I actually sort of thought maybe one day, possibly, but uh, the uh, Weavit is the name of the company, and they've got a new app that is, quote-unquote, Shazam for your thoughts. 
and they want to offer people a different way to capture and create their thoughts in a note-taking tool with a press of the button. Um, and I haven't used it yet. I signed up for their beta, but I'm one that like I have my work device and my personal device. And so on like my personal device, my workflow is I use notes and folders for different topics. And then I have my to-do app with Asana and the Microsoft to-do app. And that's kind of like my workflow. And I do it very very much based on categories. I know a lot of people use Evernote. And then for my day job, I use OneNote, which is like the greatest search ever. So I'm kind of interested how like tagging goes with Weaveit. Um, and I'll be interested to see this. But anyone who can like help me think through my thoughts and maybe help prioritize things um, or, or bring different ideas together and like kind of synthesize those, is someone I'm interested in like spending a little more time getting to know their app and service. Uh, next up is probably not like the hottest topic, but uh, it, it is interesting of like the times. So G Suite or Google Suite or Google Workplace, whatever they're calling it today, is going to get a like new skinning and new integrations. And this is just like telling of times that all these companies want to have email as email and chat is like kind of the central theme of the cockpit when you're at work. And then they want to have like meetings, chats, integrations, workflow, all connected. And, you know, when I think about like what Microsoft's doing, when I get an email, I almost get like annoyed. It's like, oh, this is like the worst form of I said this, you do that, come back to me with what I need to do. Whereas when I get something on like Teams, I like it way more. It's much more collaborative. And with G Suite and chat, um, I'm not living in it, but I do use um, G Suite for like my personal and for Daily Blend. And so I see all the functionalities. And from a collaboration standpoint, it's like way, it's almost stripped down to what's available with Microsoft at this point. At one point, it was like way more advanced. And I almost like it. It's just like a simpler look and feel. It's easier to use. There's less stuff. So I, I'm, you know, I'm pleased to see that Google is continuing to invest in this. I think culturally more um, agile oriented businesses thrive with, with G Suite. And so, you know, I'm just continuing to see what they push to the product. Um, the seventh story here is talking about annual reviews. And on this show, you've probably heard me talk about Brandon before. Um, he's got a like, Be Present kind of uh, blog on LinkedIn, and it's, it's a company that he's working on. But it's really um, giving you tools and tactics to support being a more efficient, better operator. And one of them he put up, and we've got it linked on dailyblend.com. Um, go to the website. Go to the website. Um, is talking about annual uh, review planning. And I thought it was really cool about just like how to complete an audit of last year, how to collect uh, the following three key pieces of information to plug into his framework, and then like how to calculate like kind of what your hours are used for and, you know, what you're worth and kind of like most of the framework is geared towards trying to figure out how much you should be charging or how much your time's worth. But I think, you know, move past just that and think about like what else can you be gleaming about like the things that you're doing and like where you're getting the most value personally and professionally? 
So I always like frameworks like this and just kind of running through my year and seeing where I'm spending my time and what I could be doing better. I think most of my thinking is like I can workflow things, I can automate things, I can streamline things, I need a template, and you know, I'm going to continue down that theme in 2022. So we're going to close out this week's show with a story about the New York Times buying the popular puzzle game Wordle. And so this was great, right? Someone made this as a joke with their friends and it caught on and they never wanted to monetize it is what I was told. But then I read that they were purchased for low seven figures. So, and it's always New York Times has claimed they're always going to keep it free. But it's a, it's a simple crossword puzzle that's available every day. Uh, hats off to the Wordle team, whoever you are, for building this. And, uh, you know, as a newly subscribed New York Times company um, reader, uh, I haven't gotten the print edition, but I'm about to start getting that. I'm excited to have access to this more regularly. And uh, that concludes the February second edition of the weekly rundown. So if you looked at the date, I thought this was cool. It was 2020222. I don't know. I just thought that was cool. But uh, anyway, uh, like, follow, and subscribe us on all things social. Then you can find me, Reed Daily, at Reed Daily on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, Instagram. I'm probably on uh, Twitter the least, Instagram the most, and LinkedIn a couple times a week. Uh, Obviously, check out Daily Blend and our new YouTube channel. We've got all the show content up there. So if you're not really into the subscribing thing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, you could head there. And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you're uh, staying warm with all the snow coming out. And I am going to wrap up my Terramana tequila and go ahead and play some paddle uh, tennis. Going to be on court number two, so pretty fired up to get that uh, chance to be on court number two and uh, yeah catch you guys next time